Wow, that was awesome. Thank you, Richard, very much. I love that. That was, uh, I needed that, quite, quite, quite honestly. I needed to hear that. That was beautiful. Hey, I want to tell you about something that happened to us. It was a cold December in Pennsylvania. We got, just got back from a trip, Nancy and I, and quite frankly, we were exhausted. We had just tucked Brianna in bed and spent uh, the rest of the time just putting in the luggage. We didn't even unpack, just put it all inside. We flopped on the bed, barely put on our PJs, and we laid in bed. We were in that like no man's land, you know, that, 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 that zone where it's stage two non-REM REM sleep mode, you know, kind of place. And we're just kind of looking up at the sky. We're almost too tired to fall asleep. And Nancy just kind of looking up at the sky, just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, says, did we put up a Christmas tree before we left? And I said, I was just going to ask you the same thing. And then we both look at each other. No, we did not. And then she goes, I, I am so tired. I thought I saw a fully decorated Christmas tree in the, in the living room. And I said, you know, I think I saw that too. And then we glanced at each other, jumped out of bed, went into the living room, and sure enough, there in the living room was a fully decorated Christmas tree. And we're sitting there going, what in the world? Where did this come from? I mean, it had all our bulbs on it, our Christmas lights. It was the Christmas tree that we had purchased and left in the driveway that we were too tired to put up before. And we said, you know, let's just come back. We'll do it later. And what is going on? Like, who put this tree up? Well, the mystery was not solved until the next day. But part of the joy of it was the mystery itself. I love mysteries. I don't know about you. What we found out was that some of our church members had actually, could you not, broke into our house. Some of our church members broke into our house they took our Christmas tree and they rummaged through the basement, our basement, that was a mess, by the way. They found our decorations. They set up the tree. Oh, the joys of living on an academy campus. And you guys thought Kinney was bad, huh? And all of a sudden, the next thing you know, we're having to find out who did this. Now, there were some clues. There was a juice a bottle of, of, of juice that this uh, one church member used to make. She left it in the refrigerator, so we knew to go to her first, and we found out there was a bunch of them. Uh, but again, it was neat. It was a little scary. It was a little creepy, I'll be honest with you. But the mystery of it all is what made it more enjoyable than anything else. Every year, we get dozens of Christmas cards, and they're always, always thoughtful. I love them. Uh, I don't know about you. We, we take our Christmas cards, we put them on the refrigerator, stick them up there. We got all these magnets. Uh, we're terrible about sending them, I'll be honest with you. Neither Nancy or I have that gift. But we love getting them, and, and they always mean a lot to us, and they're beautiful, and they're festive, and they often have a picture of a family that is sending it on it. You know, oh, look, it's them. Oh. Sometimes they're accompanied by a letter sharing what has happened this year. We got one the other day that said 2020 brought us so much togetherness. Every day, constantly, 2020, together. 
Now we're looking forward to social distancing. <laughs> the card idea is a great idea because it reminds us that it's a time that we get to celebrate and get to be together. Uh, every year I get a card from a uh, special ed students that I, that I, student that I worked with uh, when I was in college, and he has found me every single way, every time I moved, and I moved a lot since then, and he's able to find me, and every year I get a Christmas card, an Easter card, a Fourth of July card, Flag Day card, whatever. If there is a reason for a card, John sends me a card. I love that. Also this year, uh, we got another Christmas card. I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it over here so that the guys can zoom in on it. This is what the outside looks like. And, and then on the inside, uh, this, is, this is it right here. It's you know beautiful little, you know, sending you Christmas blessings and wishing you a joyous new year. And then it says Merry Christmas. And if you look carefully, it looks like a child wrote it. Or it looks like somebody made it look like a child wrote it. And we've been getting these cards for the past few months for different reasons. They're often, hey, we're praying for you. Hey, just want you to know you're loved. And every time the card has this scratchy writing on it, it's never signed, and it always has a gift in it, a financial gift. And I got to tell you, I don't know who you are. But somehow the Holy Spirit guides you to do this just at the right time. Not the financial part. I mean, that's always helpful. That's always great. But the fact that it comes just at the time when we are the most discouraged, when we're struggling the most, and whoever you are, I understand your desire to leave, to be anonymous. I get it. But... You will not know till you get to heaven how much you mean to us, to Nancy and I, for doing this. And hopefully before then, I'll get to thank you in person. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love the mystery of the card. I've always been fascinated with mysteries. I don't know about you. I love reading about the Egyptian pyramids. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a History Channel guy, you know. I'm one of these guys that, that loves to hear about the Nazca Lines, the Bermuda Triangle, what has happened, you know, Stonehenge. The other day I read an article about a drought in Spain that has revealed a new Stonehenge, another long submerged Stonehenge. And I'm thinking, what are these things, right? Those are things always fascinated me. Who was Jack the Ripper? Where on earth is Jimmy Hoffa? Who killed JFK, really? Is there a money pet in Oak Island, really? Is there? I mean, is there really anything there? Now they're going beyond Oak Island, which is kind of weird because they haven't even finished with Oak Island, which kind of gives us the idea that there is nothing in Oak Island. Was there ever a city of Atlantis? You know, all these different things, and you just kind of sit there and wonder. I, I just love mysteries. They make me think. I get curious. I, I, I am fascinated. But perhaps... The most fascinating mystery of all is found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. I want you to read it with me. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The Apostle Paul says something, and we're going to look at this verse over and over again today. I love this verse. He says, without question, without question, 
This is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. And he was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Now some believe this is actually a piece of a hymn, an old ancient Christian hymn. Without question. This is the great mystery of our faith. Without question, he says. There is no doubt. It's irrefutable. It is indisputable. You can take it to the bank. This is it. When somebody says, without question, I want to know what that means. And he's saying, this is the great mystery. He's basically saying, look, God is a mystery. God is not predictable. He is not obvious. He is not conventional. He is the untamed God. Reliable? Yes, yet immeasurable. Credible? Yes, yet incredibly unbelievable. That's the God we serve. I don't know why this is, but we always want to put God in our neat little tidy box. We want to be able to measure God. We want to be able to know exactly what he wants from us so that we could just check off the list. We want to know everything about him. We cannot stand the fact that he is mystery, that he is unpredictable, that he is unconventional. Quite honestly, I think the fact that we don't know any, everything about God is what makes him God. I think if I knew everything about God, that would make him human. I mean, the idea that I don't know everything about him is really what makes him God and me finite and him infinite. I love what Mike Iaconelli writes in Messy Spirituality. I think we can have the quote up. I love this. He says, Spirituality is a mixed-up, topsy-turvy, helter-skelter godliness that turns our lives into an upside-down toboggan ride of unexpected turns, surprise bumps, and bone-shattering crashes. A life ruined by a Jesus who loves us right into his arms. I love that imagery. A life ruined by a Jesus who loves us right into his arms. So Paul goes on to prove his point of the mysterious God, of the, my the mystery of our faith. He says, without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. And the first thing he says is, here's, here's part of the mystery. Christ was revealed in a human body. Uh-huh. Yeah. The king of the universe did not come in some glorious splendor. Oh, no, 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 no. Christ was revealed in a human body. He has skin around him. And the Bible says he was vindicated by the Spirit. He was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. The apostle John, when he's writing his letter, uh, uh, rather, excuse me, his uh, gospel, he says in 1 John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then a little later he says, And the Word became what? Yeah, flesh. God's climatic speech was Jesus. In the book of Hebrew it says that in past times God spoke to us through the prophets 
all throughout history. But in these last days, God has spoken us through his son, Jesus Christ. He was the word that became flesh. He became us. I love the way Matthew tells the story. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says, and this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Christ was revealed in the human body and vindicated by the Spirit. This teenage girl unwed pregnancy chose to be the mother of God. The mystery of Mary and the Holy Spirit. Conventional? I don't think so. I don't know about you, but I'm not quite sure how I would react if one of our teenagers from our church would come to me and say, Pastor, the Holy Spirit has impregnated me. I read somewhere that in our day, with family planning clinics offering convenient ways to correct mistakes, that that might be a disgrace to a family name. It is, in point of fact, extremely improbable under existing conditions today that Jesus might have been permitted to even be born at all. Mary's pregnancy in poor circumstances and with the father unknown might have been an obvious case, unfortunately, for abortion. And her talk of having conceived as a result of the intervention of the Holy Ghost would have pointed the need of psychiatric treatment, don't you think so? And made the case for terminating the pregnancy perhaps even stronger. And so, in our generation, who I believe needs a savior more than any other that has ever existed, would be too humane to allow Jesus to be born. So Paul says, without question, Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. That Christ was revealed in the human body and vindicated by the Spirit. And then he says these words. <clears throat> he says, He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. Are you catching this verse? Are you seeing it within the context of the Christmas story? He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. Can you imagine the celestial beings when they saw Jesus let go of the grip of humanity to become Jesus the man? And so Jesus, so rather the angels repeating over and over again this one line as, as they come down to earth, do not be afraid. Say it with me. Do not be afraid afraid. One more time. Come on, I want to hear it through the, through, through the sound waves. Do not be afraid. Mary, from now on, your life will be disrupted. Do not be afraid. Mary, uh, from now on, you're going to live a new normal, but do not be afraid. Mary, 
there's going to be unexpected responsibilities from now on. You know, you know nothing of, but do not be afraid. But I'm not brave enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not worthy. You're not hearing me, the angel says. Do not be afraid. Mary, Charlie, Daryl, Brandon, Nancy, Ruth, God chose you. Yes, ordinary, ordinary you to demonstrate his extraordinary power. Unconventional? Absolutely. But do not be afraid. And what does Mary do? You're going to hear it sung in a few minutes. It's as if she's singing, be born in me. Yes, let it happen. I want it happened. And so the angels continue. They go to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2, 8 through 14. It says, and there were shepherds living. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 14. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby. Keeping watch over their flocks at night. You know these verses. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. Once again. But the angel said to them, what? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. I'm not here to give you bad news. I'm here to give you good news. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. Today. On this day. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. And you will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And then it says, and suddenly, I love this. Can you imagine being there as one of those shepherds? I mean, we're so used to television, and we're so used to theaters, and we're so used to all the spectacles that you can imagine. I don't think anything would have compared to this moment. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. I can tell you the shepherds had no idea what on earth was going on. But I believe that with that company, joy swelled in their hearts. And they were praising God and they were saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to those of whom, on whom his favor rests. On earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Do you believe that God's favor rests on you this morning? I have to remind myself every day, what are you afraid of? Do not be afraid. God's favor rests on you. Are you afraid of COVID? Do not be afraid. God's favor rests on you. Are you afraid of having your rights taken away? Do not be afraid. God's favor rests on you. Are you having relational uncertainties? Do not be afraid. God's favor 
rests on you. Are you having financial difficulties? Get on your knees. Pray to God. Do not be afraid. God's favor rests on you. Why you? Why me? I don't know. It's a mystery. It's because he's unconventional. Are you tired of your mixed up, topsy-turvy, helter-skelter, upside-down, toboggan-ride of unexpected turns, surprise bumps and bone-shattering crashes? Do not be afraid. The Bible says God's favor rests on you. And by the way, talk about unconventional of all the places to be born. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says these words. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from, for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origin are from of old, from ancient times. Though you are small among the clans of Judah. Are you feeling small today? See, that's, that's what God loves. <laughs> I mean, why this place and not another? As many other possibilities were there. Jesus was not born in Jerusalem. He was not born in Rome. He wasn't born in Athens. He wasn't born in Alexandria. These were all great places he could have been born. He wasn't born in some political, commercial, cultural, educational, social significant center of the day. No, no, no. God is unconventional. You see, here's what I believe. And I believe that this, ha this is so true, not only in geographical areas, but I think it's also true in places in our hearts. God often visits the places that are detected only by those who are willing to look for him in the unconventional, the uncontainable, the inconceivable, the, in the absurd, because that's what God does. And if a site selection committee had been appointed, the name of Bethlehem probably would never have made the list. But it was on God's list. And if you feel small and insignificant today, well, guess what? God's favor rests on you. Say it. God's favor rests on me. God loves to take those of us who recognize our smallness, our shortcomings, and rest his favor upon us. And there's another unconventional mystery to note. Paul says without question, this is the mystery, the great mystery of our faith. He says Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He says he was seen by angels and announced to the nations. And he was believed in through the world. I love that. In Matthew chapter 2, uh, beginning with 1 and 2, we begin to see this really come alive. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his, what? Star. When it rose and have come to worship him, you saw his star? Really? That's how you know? Unconventional. A little later in that same chapter, verses 10 and 11, it say, when they saw the star, they keep relying on the star, they were overjoyed. 
On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped them. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. It always amazes me how far God will go and how unconventional he will get to speak our language so that we may understand his ways and speak his language. And while Herod was absorbed by selfish ambition, stuck in routine and ceremony, the wise magis were constant studying the hidden mysteries, always open to God's unconventional ways. While Herod thought he was the only Lord on the throne, the wise magis were seeking the one true king. While Herod was deceptive and suspicious, the wise magis were moving with trust. And while Herod was destitute of power, the wise magis were led by the Spirit. While Herod was arrogant, trying to contend for his position, trying to save his position. The wise magis acted as humble servants, while Herod could never, ever enter into the joy. The wise magis were overjoyed. Well, there's one final mind-blowing, unconventional, unimaginable, extraordinary and may I say groundbreaking, pun intended, fact. As we read 1 Timothy 3.16, it says, Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations he was believed in and throughout the world, and check it out, and taken to heaven in glory. This is the gospel all in one verse right here. I love this verse. Without question, this is the great mystery. This Jesus who lets go of the grip of, of, of divinity to come to be a human is born as a babe in a manger in Bethlehem and goes through all that he goes through, at the end of the day, defeats death and is taken to heaven in glory. You know, people have been cremated. Ashes have been scattered from sky. They've been scattered into the ocean from a ship. I've known people that have had their ashes sprinkled in a favorite location and all kinds of things. I'm still debating what I want to do. If I want to get cremated or get buried, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I read about a guy by the name of Brian Kelly. We'll conclude with this. He had something way more glorious in mind. In 1994, he began to realize that he was dying of a complication from a surgery that he had. Now, he had worked uh, much of his adult life as a fireworks handler. So he requested something very, very unconventional that he wanted to do with these ashes. And he begged his family that this would happen. So his ashes, after he died, were rolled up in a 12-inch firework shell. 
And on Friday, August 12, 1994, at a fireworks convention, the family there shot the shell in the sky. It trailed to two silvery comets, tails and red and green stars. It was just gorgeous. And the sister, his sister said, he went out like a firecracker. <laughs> now, if you want to go out in the glorious display, you have to admit that's pretty spectacular. But it is nothing compared to that morning when the victorious Jesus, when angels escorted Jesus to the glory of the Father. And certainly, nothing like the glorious day when you and I and all our loved ones who rested with God's favor will be resurrected. Trumpets blasting the majestic voice of Jesus, melodic voices of the celestial angels, and we will shine like the stars forever and ever. Now that is glorious. I cannot wait. Without question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body, vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven and glory. So today and every day until Christmas, no matter what happens, remind yourself that God's favor rests upon you. And sometimes you may have to look in the mirror and say, do not be afraid. In fact, why not find somebody every day that you can say that to? Hey, that's okay. Do not be afraid. And know that you're speaking the words of angelic voices to those people. Merry Christmas. We look forward to next week. Let's listen to his wonderful song.
Thank you, Chloe. Let's pray together. Father, we cannot imagine what it must have been like for that frightened little girl, what it must have been like for Joseph. And yet you chose them. You chose Bethlehem. You chose those magis 
And sometimes, Lord, we get just stuck in trying to find you in all the obvious places when often, often you are hiding somewhere so that we can find you, so that we can enjoy the joy of the mystery, but more so, Lord, that we can understand that you are bigger than any box that we could ever put you in. And Father, we want to pray right now that your Spirit would continue to be with us and bless us as we celebrate our Sabbath and keep us safe, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, church, thank you so much for joining us. I cannot wait to come back together and have in-person live worship again, and we'll see each other soon. God bless you. Next week, Pastor Larissa will be joining us as uh, she preaches her sermon, and then I'll be back on January 2nd. Looking forward to that. God bless you guys. Have a merry, merry Christmas.